Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I really feel like the NHL trade deadline going on at the same time as the NFL and MLB free agency just makes the NHL look like a really boring league. Yeah, they didn't do themselves any favors having it at the execs, like the deadline at the same time that all this other stuff's going on. Best sport, worst league. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track and the Storm podcast. Um, Alex is not here with us right this second. He just came back and he's already gone again. Um, he will be with us shortly, but he actually just had a little bit of a work conflict. So it is just me and Matt for now. But we are joined by Andrew Rinaldi, beat writer for Field Pass Hockey, who covers the Chicago Wolves. So we're going to talk some uh, minor league hockey tonight and find out how your favorite prospect is doing. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on here and uh, talk to us a little bit, buddy. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. I always love talking hockey at any level, and I'm excited to be here. Good stuff. Well, actually, that's kind of where we were going to start this little interview. Um, before we really jump into the Wolves stuff, we I just wanted to you know, get a little bit of background on you and where your love for the game uh, came from. and what your path was like to get to where you are today. For sure. So I grew up in, in Metro Detroit. Um, and I mean, I, I, our family were just uh, every male cousin, all my brothers, you know, my uncles, we've all been hockey players. So I didn't really have a choice growing up. I was going to love hockey, whether I liked it or not. And I did. I mean, I, I grew up during, you know, the, the dynasty era for the Detroit Red Wings. And so, you know, I was constantly going to Joe Lewis Arena, seeing just, you know, Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer going out on the ice. And it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, when you're seeing talent like that. And so for all Hurricanes fans, I don't apologize about, you know, 2002. It was nothing personal. It was just, it was a stacked team that year. What can, what can we do? But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean from you know from the get-go I've just I've been an absolute hockey nut and it's it's just followed me as I've gotten older and luckily you know I I was fortunate enough to join in the team at Field Pass here so it's it's kind of it's kind of a dream you know just to kind of to write about hockey I mean I I I graduated college with an English major so I'm I'm a big writer mix that up with one of my biggest passions in life here and and in this game that I, I live and breathe every day. It's yeah, I, I love it. You know, I'm, I, 
I want to really brag and say I'm living the dream, but you know, it, it doesn't suck. I'll say that. <laughs> Absolutely. And plus, I mean, you know, obviously this year it's, you've gotten the opportunity to cover one of the best teams in the entire AHL. So, um, you know, what's, what have been some of your biggest takeaways about the wolves this year that have kind of contributed to their success? They possess the puck and they never let it go. I mean, just the tenacity that they have when it comes to getting the puck and then just they circle the offensive zone like, I don't want to say like wolves, but that was the first thing that kind of came to mind is that, you know, like wolves. And and it's just the way that they that they cycle and just the pressure they put on. I mean, teams just – they don't even have a chance to breathe in the defensive zone. You got another wave coming at you. I mean, talent line after line guys that, that bought into this system and uh, the system's another thing. I mean, you're looking at, especially when the hurricanes were, were devastated with COVID and injuries, you saw the wolves players go right up to the NHL and, you know, produced immediately. I mean, these guys didn't miss a beat. And I think that's all kind of how how Carolina structures this organization from the top on down. And and you see it. These guys, they believe in their coach. They play for their coach. They play hard. They, and, and, you know, when talent meets that kind of work ethic, it's, it's something special to watch. And this team's been in first place in their division all year because of that. Right. And that's actually something we talked to uh, Jameson Reese and Jack Drury about, about how Worsofsky is kind of like that perfect buffer. Like he's basically the Brenda Moore AHL version, you know, and everything's very similar. It's, it's obviously it's all about design. You know, you want, you don't want these guys to come up and have it be out of left field, what they're supposed to do now, but it's, it definitely seems to line perfectly. And Worsofsky a hell of a coach in his own right. So the Hurricanes are definitely lucky to have him for however long they're going to end up having him until he inevitably gets another coaching job at some point. Um, yeah, you feel like he's going to be a hot commodity pretty quick here. I mean, I've I've had a chance to talk to Coach for, for two seasons now, and, yeah, it's just nothing but glowing praise from from the players in the locker room. Right. And, and he's he's got kind of a tricky job, and this kind of, like, leans into the next question I wanted to ask, which I was having a little bit of a hard time phrasing it. But – um obviously one of the key goals of your AHL organization is to develop players, um, you know, but you have to strike a balance because obviously so many of the relied upon players in that organization are guys that maybe don't really have that much of an NHL future, like Andrew Podorowski, CJ Smith, like these guys are kind of up down guys that can definitely fill in in a pinch, but maybe aren't like NHL futures. And then you've got your Jack Drury's, your Jamison Reese's, all these prospects that you hope develop into it. So can you just kind of speak a little bit to the line Worsowski has to walk between being a competitive team and implementing that winning culture and developing players like the ones I mentioned into NHL players? Yeah, for sure. I think that in this, in this league where, I mean, you have, you have some young guys coming in. Like I, I know Jack Drury played professionally over in Europe, but then, you know, kind of coming over here, it's a bit of a different animal. And you want to, you want to develop them. You want to, to, to give them, you know, those, those big minutes, but I've, I've kind of noticed it with uh, the other beat that I cover over in Grand Rapids, where, you know, you might kind of rush a guy a little too much and, and put a little too much pressure on them when you're going in night in night out with 
these other, you know, big body defensemen that are trying to fight their way in for an NHL spot, you know, it, it can get tough on some of these young guys. And yeah, you got to kind of walk a line where I think that the wolves kind of have a, a, a great setup where they have these vets like Paderalski who's been around the game for a while who can show these guys. And I know it's something um, Morsovsky's uh, harped on quite a lot about is just like just the process of being a professional hockey player about what it takes coming in day in, day out, shift in, shift out, what you got to do in practice, what you got to do in preparation, just kind of, you know, learning the ropes. I mean, I don't think anyone's denying that a guy like Jack Drury has the skill to make it in the NHL or even, I mean, where, you know, he might be over a guy like Podorowski, but just it's all about that learning curve, you know, and getting these guys to, you know, fine tune certain parts of their game and get them ready for that next step. Whether it's going to be a guy like Drury, who's going to come in and take a big role or a guy like Podorowski who might need to fill in for a couple games, you know, it's, and, you know, we kind of seen it with some, uh, some other guys. I mean, the big one this year was, was Dominic Bach. You want to talk about a guy who had the talent? I mean, this guy, like my first year last year watching this kid was unbelievable. Right. But you got to, you got to know how to put it all together and, and not, you can't take shifts off. And, and that's where these, what, what these guys are really learning down here is just, is that process, that grind. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, you want to win games. Um, but uh, I, I think they, you know, Carol, like I said, Carolina's got the right setup. They've brought in these veterans to help these kids along and, and show them the right way to play. And, you know, when you mix that in with, with some of these, these young kids that are up and, and ready to make a name for himself, you know, it's like I said, the results kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. And I think, this is a team that, you know, models Rod Brindamore's hurricane system to a T. And a lot of that credit is on, you know, Brian Warsofsky and the staff that another part of getting these kids ready to play in a system that's not very similar to a lot of other NHL teams. So that's really cool. But I think one of the biggest storylines in Chicago right now is Russian goaltender Pitor uh, Kochetkov, I guess I've been pronouncing yeah, it wrong the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, Kochetkov on, on the broadcast they say uh, Kochetkov, but I mean, I I think we all kind of have the general idea of who we're talking about here. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he came over a couple weeks ago, and you know there was the big pedigree coming over from you know we saw his numbers in the, in a professional league over in, in the KHL. And a lot of people say that, you know, outside the NHL, it's the best league in, in the world. And here's a young kid who kind of put the team on his back in a lot of instances. I mean, I, I took a look at their, at their, their team's record. And I was like, wasn't really expecting the greatest until you look at his individual numbers and, and, and you've seen kind of him come over and, he 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 kind of had a couple of hiccups in his first game, which I'll I'll allow. There's a long delay, the travel and everything. I I get that, but I mean, this kid's just been on fire since since day one, practically. Uh, ever since he got 
he took a shot in his first game against the Iowa Wild and came up and started barking at the bench and immediately endeared him to Chicago Wolves fans everywhere. And he's just kind of like, oh man, I love it. I love oh, yeah. it. He, he's just, he's rode that momentum to honestly, to kind of start to separate himself from what was really looking like a crowded crease there for a moment. Um, you have Alex Lyon, who, you know, has been steady all year, big veteran presence brought in. And he's another one of those guys that can, that can get the call up whenever needed and get plugged in for a couple games and, you know, give his team a good chance at winning every night. Um, you know, they brought in Jack LaFontaine from Minnesota and he's again, after a, a, that bit of adjustment period to start off, he's been looking really good. A2 McAniemi was leading every goaltending stat until he went down with injury back in December, but you're just looking at, at just the depth that they have in net. So for this kid to come out and kind of you know, he's only played four or five games and already he's kind of starting to separate himself and and put himself in a position as we get closer to the postseason here to maybe be that guy, you know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really something considering all the other guys in that in that locker room there for to just what he's been able to do. I mean, he's had a number of just absolute circus like saves out there and every night he gives this team a chance to win and you know coupled in with all the other talent that's on the wolves as is that makes him a really dangerous team already so this actually i, I kind of wanted to bring this up um after this because i mean you, you kind of touched on into makinyemi and i i do want to talk about you know what you might think his nhl future holds but i also want to talk about the fact that you know if he returns this season chicago's now have now has four healthy goaltenders on their roster. And could we look to see Carolina maybe move one in the coming days as we lead up to the trade deadline? Being of the year in those first couple of months that he put in, I mean, going 11, two and one and, you know, putting up a nearly uh, two goals against average. I mean, nine twenty two save percentage. He was, he was the man, you know, I mean, for all Alex Lyon did, and he did a lot, you know, uh, Maki was the man for a while, but yeah, I think when you, it's, it's, they almost have a, a situation of having too many goalies, you know, and when you have too many goalies, you, you know, no one can get into a rhythm. And then all of a sudden, you know, you don't know who to throw out there because it's like, well, you know, this guy hadn't, hasn't played in two weeks and what do you want to go and get shelled? Right. So yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's always tough to measure, you know, what you do in the AHL versus, you know, up in the NHL. And I, I mean, McAniemi had a little bit of, of problems with uh, rebound control on when he was healthy. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, rewind the clock back a couple months because it's been a while unfortunately but I I do think that he he you know he's got a shot at least at at being an NHL regular and you know I know that's not saying a whole lot but unfortunately I I don't know what he's going to look like after the injury I don't know you know what what other teams have their own opinions on him I know Carolina's pretty high on him but when you got a guy like Kocheko coming in and I know, I know certainly that this, you know, this guy is looked at as the future of the franchise, you know, and 
unfortunately, that kind of pushes Makanyemi out of a future, at least here. And now when you're looking at a contending team at the deadline with a guy who is in a crowded crease, but has that potential to, you know, is if he gets some starts, he gets healthy, he can make a name for himself. Got to figure maybe some team out there, hopefully not Philly where goalies careers go to die, but somewhere would be able to, <laughs> to go and pick him up and, <clears throat> excuse me I would I, you know, I'd love to see this kid succeed I mean he battled you know through the I, I he was fighting through the injury I heard all through December and then he kind of made the decision that you know he couldn't really go through with it much longer so it's yeah it's <laughs> it's just that he's this that's the business of it at the end of the mm-hmm. day you know we love to have as many talented guys as we can but unfortunately there's only so much room in the crease right so a guy that we've mentioned a couple of times already but we haven't really talked about him too much is probably the player that the hurricanes are or that most hurricanes fans are most excited about right now in the ahl and that's jack drury um obviously he's had a very very impressive rookie season 37 points in 50 games and and he kind of really seemed to be finding a new gear he had a long point streak that ended right before he recently got a little banged up. Um, so what's been your take just on this season as a whole? And do you think that he's ready for an NHL job right now? And if not, what are some things he maybe still needs to work on before he gets to the NHL? I, I mean, he's been, he, he's been amazing since, since day one here in the Wolves. And as you've kind of alluded to, he had a nice little, I, what was it, 11-game point streak, I want to say. Yeah, something like which that. Which was, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, capped off with a hat trick against, you know, the Iowa Wild. So I guess he's been okay. <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> he's, been, he's been awesome. I think being over and playing in the pros certainly helped ease his transition over here. And you could just tell. He had the poise, he had the confidence, and, you know, he he knew the little things to do on every shift to kind of get him ready for for playing professionally here, and it was just an, an easy, seamless transition. I, I don't want to, you know, pump his tires, like, too much and say, like, oh, yeah, he can totally jump in the NHL right now, I, but, I mean... I don't see why he wouldn't. In his call-up earlier, he didn't really look out of place at all. I mean, the only thing, twice in two games. It's yeah, I mean, exactly. So Eric Tolsky said that he uh, he belongs in the NHL. So yeah, he's a yeah. smart enough guy where I think you you can be okay with stepping out All stepping right. out with that take. <laughs> yeah, because I mean he's he's played in in every and all situation down here in Chicago and has looked good doing it. I mean, penalty kill, power play, five on five, what have you. I mean, he just seems to be one of those go-to guys that, you know, Morsovsky's comfortable putting him up at whenever, whether they're down, whether they're leading, whether they're tied. And as we've kind of mentioned before, you know, that seamless structure in Chicago is going to transition pretty well over there in Carolina. I would, that would, he would be a guy that Rod Brindamore would love to have on his bench. The only thing that would keep him down in Chicago would be that, you know, Carolina's, got a got a good roster up there and it's it's hard to fight for room but you know next year when you know after the the offseason shakes up some guys leave some more guys come in I yeah wouldn't surprise me to that you know 
the end of the season would be the last that we see of Jack Drury here in Chicago. Totally. Well, it's just like impressive um, to see like a kid his age that come in and already has like the attention to detail and like the little things he does defensively and just all over the ice. And he's such a Hurricanes player. Like, yeah. yes, Brendan Moore, yeah. just, like you said, he's going to love having him on his bench. So, yeah. Speaking yeah. of players that Rod Brendan Moore is going to love, let's talk a little bit about Jamison Reese. Um, Boy, obviously, with uh, guys like Drury and Sam Militic out, um, this is a great opportunity for guys like Jamison Reese. And I'd even throw like a Spencer Smallman in there to kind of, you know, show what they have. And so, even though this year's been a little bit slow for Reese, um, what have you seen this year from him and what has improved over the course of this year? Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he had that injury at the beginning of the year that kind of uh, set him back a little bit. And then the first couple of games coming back, he, he, he just looked a little bit tentative, which, you know, it, you can understand young kid coming off an injury like that. And then I just, I think as the game's gone on or the games have gone on, he's, he's looked a lot stronger, more confident. And you're starting to see a lot of what he did, which I really enjoyed last year and just the way he uses his speed to get around guys and work the work the boards and to open the game up a lot with that. And he's been hitting a lot of, a lot of his, his, uh, his centerman in stride. And I think this, with this, with the extra ice time, I think you're re- he's really going to start stepping it up and, and his game's going to just take that next, that next natural step. And I mean, I've really, I think it was against Milwaukee on the 12th where I thought he was the best forward for the wolves on, on the ice. I mean, He's shifty. I love his vision. And like I said, I, I can't talk enough about his, his skating. I mean, he's just, he's smooth. And that's, that's just, that's just the game, how it's built today. You gotta, you gotta skate. You I mean, it's the game. It's so fast. Now, if you can't, if you don't have an elite level, you know, skate and you just, you can't hang in the NHL and Reese has that. I think he's, you know, I think he, his, positioning you know not just defensively but more in like where to be in the offensive zone those kind of instincts gotta just need a little bit of work on them but I think that's gonna come with ice time um you know it's I gotta I gotta really you know kind of again wind the clock back and realize that you know this kid should have been in in juniors if not for COVID and uh last year and and so seeing him kind of naturally continue to uh to improve as it should it's it's exciting you know i mean it it sucks seeing so many injuries with Miltic and suzuki and drury but this is where the depth like i said that organizational structure of carolina and chicago collectively is going to shine through and I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling this is where this is kind of like his uh you know you get the spotlight and let's 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 see what you do with it I'm I I don't want to call that he's going to have a couple big games here like against Milwaukee tonight but you know we'll we'll see I'm feeling pretty good I like what I've seen from this kid so far this year we've talked about him quite a bit in the DMs uh, Andrew and I have and you know it's just the same kind of what we're talking about here he 
got off to a slow start because of injuries and he almost had to readjust this year because of playing in like the watered down AHL last season. And now it's a little bit more difficult than it was last year. And, you know, he's had to readjust all over again. Yeah. Um, he's also just decided to just jut in here, but he's also shooting. I noticed he's shooting at 5%. I mean, that's just not realistically going to continue for a yeah. kid that's as talented as him. Absolutely. At some point the floodgates are going to open, you know, he's going to get confidence back and you're going to, like I said, I think you're really going to see a blow up. Right. And some of the, like that little behind the back pass he made for an assist the other night, like we're starting to see the flashes and the talent's always been there. So I'm with you. I'm really excited to see what he can do with a little bit of an uh, increased role here in these next couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're talking about good skaters. Let's talk about Joey Keene a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Jalen Chatfield has kind of came in and been the seventh defenseman the Hurricanes needed. And he's been very, very good at the NHL level. And, and you know, it made sense even when the her uh when the management, you know, made that call to bring him up over a guy like Keen because he had NHL experience and then he took it and ran with it. And he's been an NHL defenseman. You know, a lot of Hurricanes fans want to see him stick around. Um, but obviously they can't because they got too many guys up at the NHL level. Anyway, but with Keen, I feel like with his skating ability, his two-way game, like he's such a good fit for like the modern NHL. Um, so where do you see, do you think he's about ready for his NHL shot as well? Or do you think he's still got some work to do? Yeah, I, he, I, I again, I, I, I keep saying, I love this guy. I love this guy. I love this guy. But, you know, that's, that's the thing about the Wolves. They're really good. <laughs> yeah, they got some good players. <laughs> yeah again you want to talk about smooth skating I mean Joey Keane's about as smooth as it gets right. I mean yeah it's it's an absolute treat I mean on the power play he's just he's such a difference maker you know and not just on the power play but defensively getting out of his zone and he's you know if if the lane's not there he's a guy who can kind of take it up and run with it in the neutral zone and he's really emerged like last year I really loved uh, Max Lajoie as the number one guy for the Wolves but this year it's been all Joey Keane and that's not that's nothing to take away from Lajoie but he's just taken Keane's just taking that next step and for as flashy as he is offensively I mean he's got defensively he's he's in position he knows where to be he's got a great stick and to knock the puck away from dangerous opportunities yeah I think at this point it's kind of a matter of of what Carolina, like where they want to fit him in. Like I thought when, when D'Angelo went down, it's like, Oh, you lost a, your power play quarterback. Well, Hey, there's a guy right here. Yeah. And so I can, you know, I can understand the sentiment, but right. Uh, Chatfield has that NHL experience. So when you need to bring a guy up like that, I, I get it. You know, you can never not, you know, have too many defensemen ready for, for this level. Um, but yeah, Keen's a guy who's, you know, he's just gonna, gonna keep, grinding until he gets that shot and you know eventually he's gonna get that shot you're not gonna keep a guy like this down in the a for too long so it's all just a matter of when that window opens and uh you know they want to bring him up all right have we asked you every player (laughs) have we asked you to single out every player i feel like we brought up every single player uh (laughs) but i I do want to ask you know because i feel like the wolves have I mean, last I checked, every other good player in the AHL other than <laughs> Marco Rossi, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, who is one player on the Wolves that you feel like doesn't get the recognition they deserve? I have a guess as to who it might be. Do you want to give the guess before I give my answer? My guess is Spencer Smallman. I do, I do love me some Spencer Smallman. Um, I could give probably two names on here. Um, Jesper Selgren is one guy who, again, when when some of uh, when they lost a couple defenders, he's a guy who kind of stepped up. Um, looked really good on the power play. And again, he's really stout defensively. Again, he, well, you're not going to be here long if you're not really stout defensively. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, just look at Dominic Bach again. But um, uh, another one's been um, Maxim Latunov. And, you know, he's, he's a guy who's kind of one of those, you know, again, he's not really a prospect, but... Right. He was one of those names that came in, and I remember looking and like, who's this guy who's coming over from San Jose? He doesn't really, you know, the numbers weren't really eye-popping. So I figured, like, all right, he's just going to fill, like, a fourth-line role. And he's he's come in, and, you know, again, same thing. He's, he's worked both situations, power play, penalty kill, and has looked really good doing both. And I think he's he's also been really helpful for – uh, a couple of these younger Russian kids that they've brought in. I mean, you know, imagine Kochekov coming over and I, I I'm just going to take a wild guess and say, he doesn't speak a whole lot of English. <laughs> and um, you know, he's, he has a guy who's from Russia, who's been over here for, you know, five, six years now who can kind of show him the ropes of what the culture is like, what you know what they expect out of you day in and day out that sort of thing so I think you know for as much as he brings onto the ice I think off the ice might be he might be even more valuable there so love Latunov love Selgren I love me some Spencer Smallman you know he's definitely a guy who doesn't get enough credit but you know at the same time when there's it's so hard to kind of step up and separate yourself from the pack because you know, the rest of the pack is full of, you know, your number two scorer in the league, your number one goal scorer in the league. And you almost forget about CJ Smith, but he's over a point a game. I mean, it's, it, it's tough to go out there and make a name for yourself every single night. So, you know, you got to look into some of the finer details and what these guys got to do because there's really a stacked locker room like that is you got to go out and, you know, find ways to be productive, even if it's not putting the puck in the net, you know? So a guy like Spencer Smallman has to find time on the PK to be useful, be productive. He's got to work hard in his own zone. He's got to, you know, get the puck in deep when he's in the neutral zone. He's got to grind in the offensive zone. You know, we can't all be flashy scorers. And I think he, he, he knows his role and he does it really well for the Wolves might not look pretty, might not get the stats, might not get all the retweets, but you know, it's, he's certainly a, a big part of this team. All right. Last question we got for you. We've already made it known that you love every single player on the wolves and they're all going to be stars in the NHL someday. <laughs> if you had to pick one player though, that's going to have the most impactful NHL career, who is it? Coach Echov. Yep. I think this kid's a stud. I mean, yeah, yeah, I've only seen him in five or six games, but yeah, he's he's got the he's got the makings of something special in that. I, I can already 
like you could just see you could just tell not just in his talent you can just tell him in, in, in his swagger you know like I said your first game over in in North America and you come up after getting run and start barking at the other team's bench and then you go and shut him out the rest of the game you win your first four games in North America and you know you're you're doing it with you know a a, a long time league vet and some other another big prospect sitting right next to you and you're just like all right this is this is my crease now I mean I, I've been really impressed from him like I said since day one and I think I think he's the real deal in that oh yeah I'm getting y'all excited over here I know he's he's, <laughs> he's gonna be legit and I, I can't wait for it but Andrew this is the time plug anything that you have going on anything that you'd like to share the floor is yours yeah for sure so I um for yeah for anyone listening I I just had in this this is a, a big piece that's that I was um I was really glad I had a chance to to share here um Wolves forward uh Ivan Ladnia I had a chance to sit down and have a chat with him he he's born here in America but he's of Ukrainian heritage his both of his parents were from Kiev and they moved here just before his birth and he, I, I had a chance to sit down and have a chat with him concerning all the, you know, the awful things that are happening over in, in their home nation right now. And it was, so my, that's going to be my next big article that's going to be coming out. Uh, and hopefully everyone can get a chance to look at that and kind of get a more, uh, you know, we see everything on the news, but I think getting a bit more of a human perspective on everything that's going on, you know, it, step away from, from the game a bit and kind of learn a bit more about what makes each one of these players, who they are. It's um, I mean, it was pretty eye opening for me and I hope everyone else kind of gets a chance to look and see just, you know, what happens when, you know, we, we allow such uh, you know, such hate and division to kind of take over our lives here. So I'd love if y'all would, would read that Um, you can, find that and my other work and on our website field pass hockey and you can also give me a follow at fph wolves on twitter i live tweet during wolves games i love talking to anyone who wants to talk about hockey i will i don't care who you are i don't care where you're from if you want to chat about any any parts of the game i'll be i'll be happy happy to do it and um you know, I got, I, I, I think I have some funny memes I like to post every now and then as well. So I'll give you some laughs on your timeline. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that's I, had to post one about, I had to post one about Peter starting tonight. I, yeah, I just I <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew, we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we're looking forward to hopefully a very deep and successful playoff one uh run for the for the wolves and uh we're looking forward to continuing the relationship with the wolves because it's been great so far yeah absolutely i mean i've 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 loved every minute covering them and you know i just want to again thank you guys i appreciate you having me on here that was a good interview wasn't it yeah i enjoyed it uh huge thanks again to andrew rinaldi for coming on uh, we basically asked him about every single player on the Wolves roster, and he <laughs> gave us a rundown on all of them. So big ups for that. Um, before we jump into anything else, though, Dragon Storm <laughs> is a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we are going to take just one eensy beansy quick little second 
and get away from DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and up. Restrictions apply. See the show notes on whatever platform you listen to our podcast for important details. And we're back. And we're back! Um, I was going to say, uh, we show. should probably explain where Alex is. Um, he is currently getting a COVID test after work. So, Alex, we hope you're doing okay. Yeah, we, we thought he might make it tonight, but unfortunately it just didn't work out. Um, yeah. So, we... Since we last spoke, got to watch the Carolina Hurricanes shut out the best team in the NHL. They then turned around and beat Philadelphia in a game they didn't play particularly well in. And then they had a scheduled loss in Pittsburgh like 22 hours later, which is just with travel. 21 and a half. Yeah, like sheer stupidity. I I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. But. It'd be like that sometimes. Um, I, I Again, we talked about this last week. The schedule is just ridiculous right now. Like, you don't play for four days, and then you got to play three and four. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a little lame. Um, and Again, now they're going to have to play at Toronto and then fly back home to play Washington. And then two days later, they get the New York Rangers. They're in a really tough stretch of games right now. Like I said, Toronto, Washington, and the Rangers – then you got Tampa Bay, then Dallas. So those last four are a four-game homestand. So you, you'd like to be able to bank some wins there. I think they will. And then you go on a three-game road swing through St. Louis, Washington, and Tampa Bay again before closing out the month with Montreal. That's yeah. a hellacious stretch of hockey games. <laughs> like, Yeah, and I mean, I think this is one of those times where you know the Canes have the hardest schedule in the league or the second hardest like analytically, I guess. So it's going to be a real test of the team. I think they've done really well against the rest of the league, but I haven't been very happy with how they've performed against the Metro this year. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I think they've done well against the Flyers. They've been fine against the uh, Blue Jackets. I haven't liked how they've played against New Jersey. They were great against the Rangers, but Washington and Pittsburgh, it's been like not – Great. So those are the games well, that Pittsburgh, worry me a little I thought it was bit. great up until that last game. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, well, I think the first game you go down 2 nothing early, but then you just completely shut them down. And dominate the rest of that game. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I think you'd prefer not to see the Canes dig that hole early. Sure, yeah. But um, honestly, you know, I'm just looking forward to this stuff. And with the deadline coming up, I really don't want to say too much because all of it could change by Monday. And that's actually what I was going to say. It's kind of a good time to be having this stretch 
because you're getting to play some of the top teams in the league. This is a really good chance to take inventory and say, hey, this is like what's carrying our team against these elite teams. And this is where, you know, we might have some shortcomings. Um, and now you got Brendan Smith and T Tony D'Angelo both back practicing at least a little bit. Uh, I think D'Angelo is still a little ways off, but I believe Smith is back now. They said um, D'Angelo might play tomorrow. Oh, really? Okay. I, Based I on the hear. morning skate. Okay. Well, I didn't see that. I'd still be surprised if they play him because um, he's just gotten back on the ice. And I, th I think they're still taking it kind of easy with him. But who knows? You know, I've been surprised before. Um, but, again, it'll be good to see, you know, the whole team get back on the ice and, you know, like I said, really just get a view of exactly where the team is at ahead of the trade deadline, which, again, I still think is going to be pretty quiet just because of the cap room and because it just seems like the market's, like, completely dead. <laughs> like, I mean, you say that, but as we're recording this, there's been trades in each of the past three days. Granted, only one of them was really like notable, right? I don't. Josh get, Manson's I, off I don't the get board. Colorado's thought process behind Tyson Jost for Marco Sturm, Nico Sturm. So for Nico Sturm, the reason why they did that is he fills that fourth line role better and cheaper. Yeah, but Jost is better. Sure, oh, but they utilized him poorly. Yeah. One thing I'm keeping an eye on is that little cap clearing move that and Frank Vetrano's good. Mm. So I don't see Florida dumping him if they don't have something coming. So I'm I have my eye on them to see if that's where Claude Giroux is gonna end up. What if they what if their big move? And I feel like they're smarter than this, but what if it's Ben Sherratt? I, I hope so, because it takes him off the board for the Hurricanes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I mean, Josh Manson's a, a really nice pickup for Colorado. Yeah. Colorado's trying to get heavier, because they're a team with a lot of speed and skill, but they don't really have those heavy players other than Landis Cog. McKinnon's cross-checks and Landis Cog. Dude, McKinnon got away with at least – it might have just been two, but just blatant cross-checks to Sebastian Ajo's back. And as we are recording this, Elliot Friedman tweets, hearing that things are heating up on the Cali Arncroke front. Watch for the Flames. They're definitely an aggressive pursuer. So it's like – I don't I, – I disagree that the market's dead. I think that it's very active. And the – the news today with Tomas Hurdle signing an eight-year deal to stay God. in hockey purgatory with San Jose. I think that's going to – it takes a big name off the boards, and all of a sudden teams are going to start adding. Yeah, maybe that kicks things into action. Also, shout out to the Sharks for paying a 29-year-old power forward an eight-year deal. That's uh, that's been Doug Wilson's thing, though. I mean, look at the contracts they have. It's they've got Carlson, Burns, Couture. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, it's he's, yeah. he's got uh, one fifty-point season. I think Alex tweeted that earlier, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those player. things where I'm glad that we could. I'm glad that we didn't do it. And I also think the Sharks have not been very good since Hurdle left. I mean, towards the tail end of his prime and like these past couple of years, Hurdle hasn't played on a very good team. So he's only 28. Never mind. 
But yeah, still. it's just one of those things where I think the Canes, or I think the, uh, not Canes, I think the Sharks are making a bet that maybe William Eklund could be there soon. And yeah. some of their other like three prospects that they have can be something. <laughs> All right. But I don't know, Brendan, do you want to keep this a little shorter this week? I know that, you know, I don't want to say too much because the deadline's coming up and half of who I, I mean, look, Alex mentioned Josh Manson would be a really good fit. And in the time between episodes, Josh Manson's off the boards. So I think I don't want to say too much because then it's very possible that the Canes do nothing. And let's be honest, I mean, we could sit here and speculate about all sorts of names, but at the end of the day, Canes are probably going to trade for between zero and two players. <laughs> right. And it's going to be like depth pickups or... Yeah, it's and, not going to be anything huge. Right. And and if there is something that, you know, snaps, maybe we'll do a little emergency pod and, you know. Yeah, um, I think the we've I've talked with Walt to talk about possibly coming on after the either the week after the pod or the trade deadline or maybe the week after that. But one thing I do know is that next week we have a guest coming on for the fourth time. Don't tell them who. Let them figure it out on their own. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> Steven Lawrence is coming on next week. We're having him back on. You don't think they could to... deduce that from the four-time guest part? Whatever. Right. Well, He doesn't give you all... credit for being smarter than, well, as smart as you are. Well, <laughs> he'll only need one more guest appearance after that to join the five-time, five-time, five-time guest club. Um, little Booker T reference for you there. Uh, I think that it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about him playing in his 100th game which should be tomorrow night against the maple leafs um and i have it on good word that he's going to have a plethora of friends and family there to support him so it's exciting i'm excited for next week i'm cautiously optimistic for the trade deadline but let's be honest the thing we're all going to be looking for is stevie but folks that's going to wrap it up for this week we want to thank Andrew Rinaldi again for coming on the podcast, talking some Chicago Wolves. Go follow him, FPH Wolves. Yes, go follow him right now. His content's amazing. He has a lot of really good stuff to say about the Wolves. Be sure to check out his piece on Ivan Ladnia. It's going to be amazing. He posted a a couple clips of it the other day, and it's just some really cool stuff. Um, And he and he he's legit about like reaching out to them whenever because that's. I mean, I talk to him literally all the time when Wolves games are going on. I'll see something and I'll DM him and we'll talk for 20 minutes. So he's very, very nice, very approachable, internet approachable guy. (laughs) That is very true. And as always, we want to thank you, the listener, for joining us every week because as we all know, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. 